What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. When it comes to heavy haul, man, every day, you'll see a load that surprised you on the load board. Okay. I done seen $10,000 loads. I done ran a $10,000 load before. Okay. I done seen $20,000 loads. I done seen $30,000. Up to, I done seen up to $50,000 loads on the load board. It also becomes your salary. Mm. There's no limit in the heavy haul. It depends on the work you put in. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another, another amazing episode. And I have an extremely special guest today, my brother Adrian St. Pierre. What's going on, man? All right, how's it going, man? Man, everything is good. I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Listen, y'all, you know, I always tell y'all that the riches are in the niches. And today we are going to talk about a niche that we haven't covered yet or haven't covered in detail. And that's heavy haul, man. My brother Adrian uh, Adrian here is the, the number one heavy haul mentor. Yes, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Working. Um, he working. He working. Young cat. Got in the game. He has a dope story. We're going to get into it. Um, Adrian, what's good, man? Everything's going great, man. Came out here and we're going to make it happen. No doubt. Fl- flew in from Miami? Yes. Short flight, hour, 30 minutes. <laughs> was down here in Atlanta. Yeah. So, you know, we hit it to get it started. No get doubt. All right, cool. So so you do heavy haul, man. First, let's put some context around it real quick before we yeah. get into your story. What is what is, what is is heavy haul for the audience and the people who, you know, clicked on this video and they want to understand so it? So, basically, heavy hauling is basically... You know, 80,000 and 90,000 pounds is considered basically basic for you. Once you get in that super heavy to 100,000 pounds, basically moving heavy machinery and like oversized uh, oversized equipment, that's definitely heavy haul. That's heavy haul. And it takes a different type of truck and different type of equipment to, to, to do this type of job and got, experience as well. Got you. So just like what, what give, give us an example of like one or two things that would be that you'd be hauling if you're hauling heavy. So sometimes I, my main niche is like excavators. OK, they range. They vary in weight. They could be from 20,000 up to 100,000 or even up. I've seen up to 150,000 pounds. OK. And with something that massive, you take a different type of truck and trailer move something like that. Got you. So excavate is a joint that dig yeah. dig the dirt out yeah. the ground. With the so, tracks. And, yeah. yeah. So you moving those things. Yeah, definitely. All right. Big way. Big way. All right. So, you know, in true truck and hustle fashion, before we get into that, we got to get into your story uh, to understand kind of how you got to where you're at. So tell us a little about yourself, you know, where you're from, so forth and so on. Uh, born and raised in Miami, Florida. That's all I know. Parents are uh, immigrants from... Uh, Haiti, both mom and dad, and you know, first generation here. Well, actually, second, they're the first, second generation. And I'm 33 years old, out of Miami, Florida. Uh, tell, tell me a little about your background, man. How how was your school days? Everything coming up. How was it in Miami? Growing up in school, you know, basically, I grew up. I came from an area that just growing up. I only thing I knew was sports, really. Okay. Thinking I, I'm going to make it out is by sports. What sport? What was your, what was your sport I of used choice? To play, I used to play football. Okay. Yeah, you just seem so, like you're a big guy. What, what position yeah. you play? Defensive man. Okay. Was yeah. you nice? I was all right. I did best. <laughs> I guess I didn't put my 10,000 hours in, so you know, I wasn't the best. I was right. okay. So you played sports in high school? Yeah. So basically, I come from a high school that developed a ton of athletes. From like the Willis McGahees, the Dalvin Cooks, the Devontae Freemans, and the James Cooks we just saw last night. Okay. Okay. So What's the high school? What's the name of that? Miami Central Senior High. Miami Central Senior. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you're playing sports, you're playing defensive end. What happens after high school? After high school, I just, you know, injuries after injuries, you know, that take a toll on your body. Yeah. You start thinking like, I need to do something else. Okay. So what'd you do? That, that opportunity shut. So basically I ended up when the to get my CDLs in 2014. And what year did you graduate? 2007. Okay, so during that seven-year spin before your CDL, what were you doing? 
uh, between those seven years, mm-hmm. I was just basically jumping from job to job, okay. trying to figure it out. Got you. Like like most yeah. young guys, you know, trying to yeah. figure out what your path is going to be. So by the age of twenty five, I got my license, my CDL. That's that's still pretty young. What 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 inspired you to get a CDL at that age? Uh, my brother, he kind of inspired me because he was doing trucking as well. Okay, he was the one who got me onto my first job at okay. Nestle. Okay. Put the word in. He put the good word in and got me the job. Got you. So you got your CDL at 25 and you started working for Nestle directly? Yes, directly. As a a new... Well, I had my CDLs for like six months. Okay. I started off with Warner. Did six months with... Okay, you went over the road. Yeah, it was kind of tough. Okay. It was was not my thing. So I just like started looking for a local job after the six months. Okay. So six months now you're working with Nestle. Tell us about that. It 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 was a learning experience. Okay. So basically, you know... I read a book that said you have to put 10,000 hours by Phyllis Lanes. It's called 10,000 Hours. You have to put those 10,000 hours in to perfect your craft. Right. So basically those eight hours a day for those five years add up to a ton of hours. Gotcha. And that's where it perfect my trucking skills. So like my driving and everything. I'm an excellent trucker when it comes to driving. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to think and watch this video and see I'm an overnight success. But, yeah. you know, I put seven years in it. Okay, got you. And and what were you uh, hauling with Nestle? What were you doing? Like 48s, 53s? Freezer, yeah, they reefers? had 48, 53s, 36 footers. Okay. So basically, I was the yard man who just moved the trailers around a lot. Okay. Had, you had the cush job. Yeah. That's usually then, for the senior cats, man. How yeah, you get that How you get that well, job? Well, they didn't want it. So <laughs> <laughs> I was with the leftovers. I had the okay. seniority. Okay. It must have been like the lower paying job. Yeah. Well, it wasn't because we were always getting paid the same. Okay. And as it was well, I, I was a driver as well. Okay. Cause I used to just drive when they like when there was on on vacation, okay, or like on Fridays or Saturdays where they didn't work, and I'll take the loads on those days. Okay, got so, you. You know, and but we rotated a lot. Okay, so I did a lot of driving too as well. Okay, okay, got you. All right. So what happens after? What happens next? You work at Nestle. After t- Nestle, Nestle decides you know they're going to make a, a a business move, and you know get rid of that department. So they gave seven thousand people across the U.S. a severance package. Okay. They're giants, so you know they to keep their name clean. They take care of all the employees. Here's your severance package. Go your way. We go our way. And what year was this? Uh, right before the pandemic, so two thousand. Two thousand nineteen. No, yeah, two thousand nineteen exactly. And and when when well like you what what uh, month in two thousand nineteen? October. Okay, so so October two thousand nineteen, about four five months or so before the before pandemic, pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, and you said they had to make a business decision. What 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 was going on? They were they were just. Financially, they they they're financially they had too stable. many guys. I guess they 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 because after they let us go, they sell that department. Okay. I guess they sold. What it. was that department? The the, the frozen because they basically own they basically own like the Edie's ice cream, the DiGiorno's pizza, and like the Hagen Dazs. That was their brands that they that we was you know transporting for them. Yeah. Like the local stores. Okay. So I guess they got rid of that department. I mean, I'm thinking they sold it. Okay. That's, that's what it seemed like. They sold that department and. From there, they had to let us go. Okay, got you. So they let you go. They give you a severance package of what you said, seven grand? Oh, How no, much? more than seven. Um, oh, what was the severance package? <laughs> it was, it, cause they you don't mind I got my pension. Uh-huh. Because I, I had five years. I just crossed the line in five years. So okay. I had my pension and everything. It was probably like close to like about 50. Oh, they gave you a decent little package? Yeah, not, little decent package. not bad. All at one time? Yeah. They, oh. gave, us, they gave us our 401k, uh, our pension, and uh, they paid us up to like... Uh, Two months after we was laid off, so okay, it gave us a ton of money that accumulated. Okay, got you. All right, so what happens next? From there, just left the sour taste in my mouth. Like, man. <laughs> at the same time, I was about to have my first child, so and I didn't want that to happen again. Yeah. But if I now I got in at twenty five, and by the time I left, I was like approaching thirty. So right, five years of my life going down the drain. I'm thinking like, am I going to go to another job and? The same trend is going to happen again. Right. So I said, you know what, man, let me just go out there and do what I can, and I'm going to just start my own company. Okay. I just went against all odds. Okay. And I bet it on myself. Got you. All right. So let, let's talk about starting that company. What would you do? What would you do first in terms of educating yourself, preparing yourself? Because starting a company is obviously different than, you know, working for somebody. And, and you you were conditioned to be an employee, right? So, yeah. so talk about that process. Basically, I did a lot of research and did a lot of... I did a lot of research and preparing for this opportunity. So what I did was I wanted to get into heavy hauling was not the first goal. First goal, I started off with like a 53 foot step deck. 
So what I did was I didn't have any experience in chaining or anything. So I had a partner of mine who, who, was, who was willing and wanted to work. And he had all the flat. All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show that experience. So yeah, I, I, I approached him and I came, gave him my opportunity. I told him, man, let's run teams. I'll get this step deck and we can run teams and make some money, and, you know, start something up if we work together because I didn't have the experience. He agreed to it and then we've been running ever since. Okay. So Rwanda, real quick. So you got, so who, you purchased a step deck? Yeah, I purchased step deck cash and then I got my first truck was, was a freight line in 2015. Okay. Had like about 500,000 miles. Okay. I was I was blessed to get it zero down. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to put anything. I have excellent credit. But the catch was I got it for like about forty. Okay. You know that with those what I, what I just told you right now that's like an eight thousand dollar truck in this market today. Yeah, hundred percent. So I was blessed to yeah. get it at that at that price. So you said you paid cash for the step deck. You, yeah. You bought the flat. Cash. You paid seventeen k cash for a fifty three foot step deck. Yeah. So you get the flat, but flatbed. Did you get that? After you had had your truck already, you already had purchased the truck? I got the truck, truck first, uh-huh. and then, yeah, I purchased this. All right. Deck. Cool. So now you have your truck, you have your step deck, and you talk to your, your friend. Partner. Your partner. He agreed. And, and he, you said he had experience with flatbed. Yeah, he did a lot of flatbed. He did like, he had like three years over the road doing flatbed. He had his own company? No, he was working for a, a, a family member of his, and I guess- you know, they separated. For okay. Some reason. Okay. Got you. So now you guys decide to work together. Yes. All right. So how does that relationship work? Who's doing what? What are the roles you guys well, me, are playing in the business? You know, when we came together, I had everything else down packed. Driving. I had excellent driving experience and everything else. The only thing I wasn't good at was securing loads. I never did this before. Right. So I'm basically taking a big risk. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Chaining, had, tarping, I, I all that confidence. stuff. I had confidence in him because, you know, he had some excellent experience. Okay. So he taught me as we go, you know, we're learning. I, it was a learning process for me. Okay. But like a month in, everything that I learned was locked in. I knew everything. Got you. What What was the most difficult, the most difficult part about like that, just that step process? Back. Yeah. Step back is a lot of work. It's a real hustle, man. I'm not even going to lie because you get a lot of money doing partials because it's so much trailer space that, you know, that's where the money is. You get a lot of partials and make a ton of money going one direction. Mm. So with the step deck, Pulling out the ramps, they were super heavy, but you know it's, it's work. Anytime we had to pull out the ramps, we had to charge. Right. He had to charge. <laughs> right. Because like that, that's 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 just the difference with the step deck. Okay. It's, it's, it's a real hustle. So I tell people like step deck and flatbed prepares you for like heavy haul. Because if you could do that, heavy haul is like the high paying job that where you do less. It's like you're like you're a senior now. Yeah. Like you you you're away from the hard work, but now it's more skill. Yeah. Did did you ever have any uh, missteps or any like you know any big mistakes while you were operating a step deck when you first got started? Yeah. What'd you do? What happened? One time I was uh, picking up a uh, I was picking up an excavator. Okay. At the Dolphin Stadium because they they just finished doing the practice field, and then the the company need the uh, the equipment moved to Tucker Jordan. I was picking up an excavator, and I was rolling that excavator. You I I usually do it, but when I rolled it up on the back of my trailer, it kind of like Broke the back end on my trailer, mm. so it, it was kind of tough. But you know, as you live and you learn. Yeah, I ended up getting the equipment fixed. But you know, that's something you just go through. But if what I would have done different, probably is uh, I don't know, maybe just the tracks, the way it like shifted, because you know, it, it takes skills to get a, a excavator on top of a step deck. Right. So you actually so, have to drive the excavator on. Yeah, there. yeah. I, I touch a ton of equipment. <laughs> I touch a ton of equipment. Got you, got you. So when you when you did that, did you ever drive an escalator before? Like, how do you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, drove, I, I had previous experience, but you know, it's just that. So that that's, one it's mistake. always your job to do it. Like, there's not any anybody there that could put it on there for you. Like most of the loads, it, it, you know, it depends on the site. You okay, know, they have requirements. Some job sites may not let you touch anything. Some job sites will be like, oh, they don't want to put it on, but they don't want to be responsible for anything that happened to your trailer. So it depends. Okay. The majority of the time I'm touching it. If it's military freight, you're not touching that at all. 
Got uh, you. Loading. Uh, you're never touching military freight. Got not you. getting in the tank and rolling it. <laughs> They're not letting you <laughs> right. get the knowledge of operating their equipment. So you don't have to worry about that if you're doing military loads. And I've okay. a ton of those, as you can see. Okay. Okay. Dope. All right. So let's continue with the story. So you you with your partner now. You guys are rolling. You got the 53-foot step deck. Um, talk about how things progress from there. From there, it was just a learning experience. We, we was doing all kinds of loads. And my main niche was doing overnight. Okay. Like they're calling. What, what do you mean by overnight? I, I would take a load that's going probably about eight hundred to a thousand miles, and it has to be there next day. Okay. Express. Like and time was, sensitive loads. Yes, and that's where we was getting the money. Where would you like, find that type of those type of loads? A lot on the load board, or sometimes I get. Uh, I built the rep, uh, I build a nice reputation with brokers. When I call, they know I'm about business, and once I do a run like that for them, they they'll lock me in. Where anytime they have something that's urgent, they'll reach out to me first because they know. I'm on time and I'm I'm going to get the job done. Okay, okay. Whether it's from whether it's from Miami to New York or whatever, whatever the case may be, we're getting it done. Got you. Now at this time, like, where were most of the loads that you were pulling coming out of? Most of the loads was like Georgia, Georgia okay. areas, or sometimes you know Miami is not the best trucking state, as you know. Yeah, yeah. This is no. Oh yeah, I got his oranges out there, man. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I'll probably deadhead to to Jacksonville. Well, sometimes you may find loads here and there mm-hmm. just to get out of Florida, but they're not the best paying. Okay. But Jacksonville and, and Georgia, I'm not going to lie. They, they have the loads. Georgia is a gold mine in the yeah. trucking industry. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah, Especially in the heavy haul on the coast, they're definitely major. Because just think about it. You have you have just off the coast within like, just say in a two-hour and 30-minute radius, you have Jacksonville Port, you have Brunswick Port, you have Savannah Port, you have Charleston Port, all within... Less than a 300-mile radius. Yeah. All on the coast. And they're pushing out a lot of freight coming out of some major ports. So definitely, that coast is definitely a gold mine. Got you. In this industry. No doubt. All right. So so as you start building, um, what, what what's next? What happens next with you guys? So next, uh, after that, I invested. You know, I felt like I mastered the step deck. Mm-hmm. And we took it to the next level. And I got a... a I got a... A two axle RGN trailer. Okay. Now explain explain what that is for somebody who may be basically a a low board trailer. It's basically a low board trailer with two axles. Sits super low. Sits about eighteen inches off the ground. Has a that one has twenty nine feet in the well space, and it was built to to haul up to on on on, uh, five axles. You up you you're liable to haul up to ninety thousand pounds. Okay. So you know. We didn't really go too heavy on it because, you know, you're not allowed to go that heavy. Right. But we did what we can. We learned how to move like heavy equipment. And that really kind of sparked the the spark gave me the drive to go to the next level and go four axles. Mm, got you. Yeah, because definitely I saw those those kind of loads. Because when you search your load on the load board, even though you have two axles, you see all the other loads too. Right. All the way up to the loads that, that require 13 axles. Right. And you think like, Wow. What it take to get this kind of money? <laughs> and that and that's the that was the drive right there to start learning. Got you. All right. So in making the transition to carrying, you know, heavier equipment, what do you have to do in terms of like, you know, paperwork? Is there any changes you have to make in your business in order to be able to load uh to carry heavy haul? Well, basically it's just more you're more of a skilled worker and then the paperwork division, you're basically it's just basically getting freight like with any other. Like drive man and reefer and everything, but it's just more skills. Right, you're more skilled. You're right. more responsible for loading and unloading majority of the time. Right, and that's what really separates us. What about like on a, and from we're a more, compliance perspective? Like we're more, we're more hands on, and then when it comes to DOT compliance, yeah, yeah you definitely want to keep your truck clean because you know you're targeted. And with 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 heavy hauling. Those tickets are real, They're a real deal. <laughs> I don't heard brothers out there getting eleven thousand dollar tickets, twenty thousand dollar tickets. Yeah, for being overweight and not knowing their craft. Right, going out there not knowing the same way we make a lot of money. That's the same way they they the money could go. Right, by not knowing, right, not being properly knowledge. You go out there and get a twenty thousand dollar ticket, and they tell you, you have ten days to pay, or your authority is going to be revoked. Not yeah. Trust me, you you'll, you'll learn it. You're going to learn it. <laughs> you right gonna learn real fast. Yeah. No doubt. 
No doubt. All right, so you said you get the uh, the two axle RGN trailer, right? And how much does that cost you? Do you still have your your yeah, your fifty three foot step deck, right? No, no, I got rid of you. Got rid of that? Okay. I still, I still have how much the, would you sell it? Step deck. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up selling it. What did I sold it for? I think I sold it for like twelve thousand. Okay. I, I, so you got your use out of it and yeah, and and got, got your money back. Someone came down, they purchased it. Okay. And then I still have the two axle RG. Okay, got you. So you purchased that. How much does that cost you? That one was like fifty six brand new. Fifty six. I, really, I don't buy used trailers. Why not? With, with, with RGN trailers, it's, it's kind of hard. Like it's not like a flatbed where you can get up under and inspect it. It can have a crack dead in the middle of it, and you can't really see it because it's, so, it's only eighteen inches off the ground. Yeah. So how would you go in there and really inspect it thoroughly? Right. Right. So I kind of me, I, I can't speak for everyone. Else. I buy mine as brand new. Okay, okay, got and then, you. And then they hold value. Like, like people don't know, like, those trailers are like assets. Like, they don't lose value. Mm. You go in the truck papers, you go look up a, a trailer that's 1998, and it's still costing 80% of the, the original Of the value. original cost. Yeah, they still want, cause if it's in good condition, no matter how old is it, yeah. they're still going to get the job done. Right, right, right. And... And it's a specialty trailer. Yeah, and it, it doesn't make sense to, to buy you. It, that, that it doesn't make sense. Not to buy used. Got you. All right. So so you said you said you got the two axle, but you said you know guys go up to like five axles, right? So can you, can well, you explain like the difference of how, how those pro- the progression in the axles and so forth and so on? So basically, the more basically the more axles you have, it's obviously the higher the pay. Right. But so basically, the higher the weight you can carry, right? And, and, and that as well. Okay. But uh, with the axle setup. Different states different, require different axles. Okay. Setup. Can you explain like that? Like in Florida, like I could be up to like 160,000 pound gross. But in Georgia, with that same setup, I can only be up to 150,000 pounds. I have like a flip axle. They don't give you the full weight capacity. You know, just different laws in different states. So you okay. have to be aware of that as well. Okay. Okay. Got gotcha. you. you could go up to 13 axles. I have a partner of mine. He's running 13 axles. Insane. Like... <laughs> With those, when it come, when you're up to that level, man, you definitely need a lot of permitting, and that could really take time. So I heard sometimes guys take a week or two just waiting on permits. What are they calling airplanes, man? Like what's, what's on thirteen axles? What is yeah, that? On thirteen axle, a thirteen axle trailer is set up to haul like something that's like super heavy, like right. two hundred thousand. You you can haul super heavy on, on a thirteen. Okay, and now in terms of your your your, your truck, so is, your, do you have to get anything else with your truck done, or is it that all the the trailer doing well, all the heavy basically, lifting? Basically, basically my truck is spec'd out to do this job. Okay. Well, it's it's, it's my the same truck, truck. Different. The same yeah, truck that you truck, bought initially. No, the the Kenworth I have now. Okay, so Kenworth. you okay, so you had a you had a the first truck the you bought liner. was what a Freightliner, yeah. right? You still have that. Well, no, I got rid of. You that. got rid of Freightliner yeah. and you bought a Kenworth. Yeah, Kenworth. All right, so good. You was talking about it spec'd out to. Yeah. It's specced out to do heavy hauling. Okay. So basically, it's double frame. The frame is double. It's thick. It's double thick. That makes the truck super heavy. And then the tires are different as well. My axles are all my axles. I have four axles on the truck, and they're rated for twenty thousand pounds. Okay. And it's and that's not, and that's for heavy haul. The usual axles the regular on the regular trucks are rated for like twelve to fourteen thousand pounds in that area. Uh huh. But mine is twenty thousand all across all axles. Got Even you. The steer axle. Got you. So you did that intentionally, obviously, because you well, had intention no, on doing truck, heavy haul. Yeah, the truck is designed to do heavy haul. Got you. Got so you. With, and then my engine is is a six hundred and five horsepower Cummins engine, and then I have an eighteen speed manual. Okay, got you. So all that helps doing heavy haul. Got when you. you. You when you rolling up a mountain and you're like one hundred fifty thousand pounds or plus, those low gears come in to to. Give you the power to go up these mountains. If you're rolling in ten speed, sometimes I can't even get it out of gear without even going to super low gear, which most truck doesn't have if it's not eighteen speed. Mm. Just to get this thing rolling. Like one time, I had a tank going to Fort Knox. It was about a hundred thousand pounds. Going, going. To, I was in Tennessee, going across the mountains. Oh man, it was an experience. Yeah, yeah. It was an experience, man. Got you. And how much did that truck cost you when you first got it? That truck was a hundred and twenty-eight thousand. Hundred and twenty-eight. Brought, you bought it brand new? It had a 200, oh. fairly new. It had like 280,000 miles on it. Okay. Gotcha. So fairly new. Yeah, it was, it was fairly new. And what year did you get that one? 2000. I got it like about 
six months ago. Okay. Six months ago. So that's 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 your newest truck. Yeah, that's that's the baby. All right, cool, cool. All right, so let let's let's get into the business. Like, let's try to get into the meat of heavy hauling. Um, in terms of just setup, right? Like, just actual setting up your company and so forth and so yeah. on. Is there anything that you need to do differently than a typical trucking company yes. w- would have to do? Yes. The, uh, with, with my trucking company, you need more like uh, cargo insurance, definitely. Because the equipment I haul is sometimes mad expensive, like those uh, excavators or those bulldozers or those cranes as well. Sometimes up to a million. Crane, those cranes I be hauling sometimes 400000 up to a million dollar crane. Yeah. You know, they, they need coverage on those. But but the coverage I have is up, it's like usually people have like 100000 Mine's is up to two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand in cargo. Okay, got you. How much does that cost you? And that's and that's about seven thousand annually. Okay, yeah. got you. So you need more insurance. What else? Definitely more insurance. It's just more insurance. Uh, you need to know. You need to know the law. You need to know how to pull permits. You know. You need to know when you need permits. You need to know when you need escorts. Let's talk about some of that. So pulling permits. How 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 does that work when you when you So basically me, I just pull permits. Some people do it manually and do it one by one do do each state, but I just have a company that pull the permits for me. Okay. So to not for me not wasting time just pulling permits. How, how does that work when when you book the load, you have to pull the permit? Yeah, Can you talk about you, that you process? Know, you once you know the specs of the once you know the specs of the commodity you're picking up, then you know if you need a permit. If your truck and the commodity is over 80,000 pounds combined, you need a permit for it. Okay. If it's a certain height, you need a permit due to, it varies the different state. But once it's over 136, you might slightly will need a permit. Okay. And once you're over 80,000 pounds, you need a permit. And then if it's over, uh, if it's wider than your trailer, you need a permit. Got you. So you reach out, you outsource that, all that work. There's a company you call and you yes. say, hey, I'm, you, you give them all the specs of the load. Yes, and they're, they run the permits for each state that you're traveling. Through. Now, what do those permits consist of? What is a permit? Like, what are they, what is, it, what's it, the permit it, saying? It, it gives you the right to go through the states at that weight or that size. And sometimes if you're, if you're super wide, they give you a, they give you a route, to, a specific route to go on to avoid any, any low bridges or anything. Now, if you're doing multi-states, are you pulling multiple permits for each state? Of course. Okay. You got You need a permit. Once you're over 80,000, you need a permit in every state. You're going to basically need a permit through all the states you're going through. Is this something that you're height. physically carrying on you, this permit, or is this something that's like cleared through the system? How does that work? So once you get your permits, I call them up and they send, they're, 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 uh, I give them the specs and everything. They'll, they'll email me the permits and the permits will be on my phone. So if I was to ever get pulled over, I can show them each permit for every state. Okay. Isn't really no. You could print them out if you want to, but you know they they, they take. They're on your phone. phone. How much does that cost you to run those permits? It depends. You know, it varies by states. Okay, just give us an idea. Like on on the average, what's your typical permit cost? It depends. If I'm just going through one state, just say like I'm in Georgia and I'm just going three four hundred miles, it may be like nowhere anywhere from forty to eighty bucks a permit. Okay, and then depends on like. Some states are like Louisiana, they go by the mileage and <laughs> Louisiana could be mad expensive going through Louisiana. Everybody know that. Okay. Louisiana, it could be uh, the permit that costs you eighty bucks in Florida will cost you probably eleven hundred in in Louisiana. Got you. Got it, you. It, it, it differs because they do it by mileage. And how much do they charge you to actually pull a permit for you? Like what's their uh, service it, it, fee? It, they charge a service fee about uh twenty bucks. Okay, twenty to fifteen bucks. Got you. So in permits, I'm just looking at your cost. I'm just trying to break down your business. So in yeah. in permits alone, weekly, what would you say you spend? Weekly in permits, it it it, it varies. I spend about like it depends. If I'm just doing, I'm not going to those states that charge per mileage. Probably about three four hundred bucks. Okay, and but this is something you could do yourself. Yes, but I, you just I don't want to. You just don't want the hassle of doing it. Yes, and if you did it yourself, who would you have to call? If I did it myself, yeah. If you if like if you don't go through the agency to do it, yeah, you're just going each state. Each state have a website where you can go on and book your own permits. Okay, and you have to do it for each state. So it's just it's just a hassle just going. Yeah, through. yeah, no, I can understand. You had to go through ten states, right? And you had to book every single one. Right, right, right. Yeah. Got you. So and how and how quickly like when you book the load, how fast is the turnaround to get the permits? Well, usually I book the load a day in advance. Okay. So I I'll do it that day and usually get it like uh, 
I'll probably, it'll probably take like a few hours. Okay, okay. Sometimes it take longer. It varies by the state. But you can't move until those permits are completed. Is that's one of, of the that's one of the parts? Can, you can actually can you go to the location and pick it up? Do you have to present the permit to them? Like how does yeah, that work? Some some, some uh, shippers require permits, like to see the actual permit, but majority of them don't. That's on you. You right. That's business. your thing. If you want to go out there and get a ticket, <laughs> right, eleven thousand dollar ticket for something right. that's on its way, that's on you. But right, 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 hundred you know, percent, definitely. I definitely make sure I do it the right way, get the permits, and just sit back. I usually have it a day in advance, so I don't even sit back and wait. You're good. I usually do it a day in advance. The permits are there a day in ahead. I go there, pick it up, and we're ready to roll. Okay. I usually like to stay a day ahead. Got There's you. Booking loads and everything. Permits, I like to be on top of that. All right, so we'll get into that, into booking loads. You also said you have to know the law, right? You said you got to know the law, what permits. So knowing the law, what, when you say that, what does that mean to you? Knowing the law, mean, knowing the law meaning like, you're picking up a load that's like your max coming out of Florida. And you can't cross Georgia because Georgia is 10,000 less than Florida. So you know you need to know that that you need to be a certain weight to travel through every single state. So you have to be aligned with every state that you travel through. And that's 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 very major because some people don't know. Once they get in the heavy haul, they get a truck, they they, they finance a truck. They get a trailer and they just start hauling, not not having the proper knowledge. Now you're getting these tickets. These tickets are tearing you down, man. These mad expensive tickets. They yeah. get 10 days. 10 days or your 30 is revoked. Yeah. Like the tickets are different. Like they're <laughs> different from driving in a reefer. I never heard nobody getting a $10,000 ticket and driving in a reefer. <laughs> right. You know, so it's a different ball game, man. So how do you stay on top of those laws? Like, how, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, in the I, operation, I, how do you stay on top of that? I, I carry the Bible. I call it the heavy haul Bible. <laughs> the heavy haul Bible. Yeah, before I even start my week, like, when I when I book my load, I look, before I even book the load, I I, I check every state and every law to, to know that I'm, I'm going to be 100% good on the load. So basically, I'm legal going through that whole state. Okay. Every state that I go through. So and I just go through state by state and I just check everything. Okay. What's what's the name everything. of that book that you use? It's called Heavy Haul. Heavy Haulers. I'll definitely uh give you a Yeah, give me book. give me now and I'll put a link down in yeah. the uh description so yeah, people you can get check on it Amazon out. Amazon for about seven seventeen dollars and it just basically break down every state. So it's heavy haul, you, you need to know a lot and it's, it's it's impossible to know every single state and every law. You get what I'm saying? Right. So you need that to always go back and review. Right. So I definitely do that a lot just to stay on top of my game. Man. Makes definitely. sense. All right, cool. And then, and then the last, the, another thing you said was you need to know if you need the load to be piloted. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, what what, is, what, what does that mean? So basically, when you're when you're a certain width or height or length, you need a pilot. Okay. So basically, What's a pilot. A pilot basically they lead you. Sometimes if you're too tall, you may have a height pole pilot, which he's in front of you. He leads you. Just for, for low bridges or anything that you may run into. Okay. And sometimes, you know, they may do a survey. A survey is basically like in Florida, if you're over 15 feet tall, you have to have somebody jump in a car manually and 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 basically plan your route for you. They basically go and check the whole route and they sign off on it. Mm. And then that's how you, you know. The, the pilot route. the pilot's doing this? Yes. The pilot, they, 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 they survey the route. Basically. Okay. So and then they sign off on it for you to do this route. So basically, sometimes the, the load is so tall that you need a specific route to avoid all the low low clearances. So the pilot is not associated with you. That's this is a, this no, is somebody you have somebody, to hire. Yeah, that's somebody. Now, is this somebody you you're hiring, or is this somebody that the uh, that the the shipper is hiring for you? So basically, they're, they're basically you're hiring them because it's your business. But you know the way I negotiate it, I negotiate my price, and then I try to do the the the, the pilot and the permit separate. So I, I give them my cost, and then I I usually try to separate that. Got you. And then I, they pay me, and then once I pay them, I get the receipts, and then they add that to what they pay me. So so do you have somebody that you use to pilot like on a regular basis? Like if you yeah. have loads, you call yeah. a certain agency or a certain yeah, I person. Have a cert- I have a certain one. It's called Southern Gentlemen's uh, Escort Piloting. Okay. Yeah, it's they're down in uh, they they they're everywhere, but I think they're like in uh, northern Florida mainly. Located. And how much do how much do they charge the pilot? Uh, you know, load? it varies. Uh, different loads, but uh, most likely like a dollar fifty. Yeah, like a dollar fifty, a dollar sixty per mile. A dollar sixty per mile, and their yeah. job is to one fi- either stay stay behind or in front. Trail you, yeah, trail you, trail you, or or lead you. 
Trail you or lead you, or is it sometimes both, or just no, one? It's it's really both because when you get on two lane roads, they need to be in front of you. So they have specific lane. rules that they got to follow, yeah. and they have to know that as well. Like a certain type of road, they have to be yeah. in front. Certain other type of road, they're in back. Yeah. Okay. If you're on the highway on a four lane, they're behind you. If you get into a, a community, you're on a two lane road or a small road with two lanes, they need to be in front of you leading. Mm. And with that, we communicate through the CB radio, so we always have direct communication. Okay. The whole trip. Okay. And if you know they're, they're going to stop for fuel way before us, right? You know they radio us. Hey, we're pulling over. You right. Know, we just keep that communication line. Got you. Got you. And then like, is in terms of like the placards and different things that you see on the heavy haul trails, like wide load and all that. Like, is that yes. something that you have to have on definitely, there? You definitely. That's a part of the law, have, right? Yes. Okay. You definitely need all your placards, and then you, some states, most of the states, you can't run at night. No, you can't run at night. Once sun, once the sun go down, heavy haulers are parked and waiting for the next day until the sun come up. Oh, really? So we have a lot of rules and regulations. We can't run all night. Certain states you can. I think Tennessee is one of those states, but you need to have a uh, the, the the beacon lights on all four corners of the thing you're carrying and an escort as well. Okay. So you know it's different laws. Different so that areas. that must impact you a little bit in terms of like you know running because like well, you know what I'm saying like like are, are your operations over the road or more so like local more over the road. Okay. But I, I usually stay in the southeast region. Okay, got you. But you gotta basically shut it down even if you're out. Even if you have hours, if it's nighttime, yes, you gotta shut course. down. You definitely have to shut it down. Is it before dark or is it before a certain time? It's, it's right before dark. Like around five, six, something like that. Yeah, like right now it's like. About six o'clock is right. Right before six, you're dark. You so shut it down. Shut it down. Okay. Where do you park the your your, your trucks, man? Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you're not gonna see too many heavy hauls. You don't at, ever see them. The like, it's like you guys are like somewhere in a bush yeah. somewhere. Like yeah. where the hell are y'all or, park that? Or the uh, the rest areas. Mainly a lot of guys park in the rest areas. Yeah. That's where they park because when you have that equipment that long and that long, it's hard to get in the truck stop and park. Yeah. Like sometimes I, I go to a truck stop and park. They want you to move because I really can't park in a spot. When right. I park in a regular spot, my truck is sticking out like a sore thumb. Right, right. It's like it's like my feet is my truck is probably like ten feet longer than the average truck. Right. So it, it's kind of it, it, it can get kind of different. So you have to probably pre-plan a lot of your parking, right? Of course. Where you're gonna stop and everything. Yeah. Usually, so you probably have some spots where you know. Yeah. You... Usually when I when I when I leave, you know we're gonna shut down early, so. The, the rest areas are kind of open, so you probably get a nice spot on the side of, of the rest area. Okay. And we get some rest and you know, get back to it in the morning. Okay. So definitely not a lot of truck stop. Got you. Got you. All right. Let's talk about the money, man. Let's talk about, you know, actually booking booking loads. When you first got started, how did you find your first heavy haul loads? When I first started in heavy haul, yeah. basically I just, I had the experience on, I'm a shark on the load board. When I get on there... The loads I want, I get them. You weren't a shark in the beginning, though. No, it, it so how'd time. you how'd you become a shark? Just repetition, like with everything else. You just put in the time. And you just start understanding. All right, these these brokers are serious. All right, these brokers right here, they gonna might give you the runaround. Okay, and, and then you start building relationships with people. They understand your 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 business, and that you you're gonna you're gonna handle business, mm-hmm. and they really. You know, take that heed and make sure they lock you in. Okay, to make sure when you have those loads that need to be done. They reach out to you first. Let's talk about your specific experience, though. When you actually first got started, and so did you initially get on the load board to find your first load heavy yeah. haul? Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely got on the load board and just, you know, basically went through the steps of just learning. Okay. Because what are the you, most important things? I'm far, sorry to cut you off, but I just want you to think about this. When you're on the load board, when you're looking at heavy haul, what are the most important things you need to think about? Specs. You, okay. You're looking at specs. Because I have a 26 foot well and uh, a 26 foot well trailer so you're looking at a lot of specs so you you're, you're seeing the commodity you're, you're trying to picture it because sometimes you, you you're picturing the load you're trying to understand it is it going to fit in your trailer well because sometimes if it's too long you're wasting your time you're going to call somebody when you get that to the ship if not knowing your craft you're going to get there and waste a whole day because you're going to get there it's not going to fit sometimes these brokers don't know exactly they just know they have something to be shipped and you need to know that it's going to work for your trailer so and then it has to be legal weight to where you could travel through all the states that you're carrying as well. So all these stuff has to play in your mind when you're booking a load. You need to know everything. You need to know the permit cost. Sometimes they book a load, price so low that after the permits, if you if you if you don't know what you're doing, after the permits, you're not really left with much. So you need to factor that in too. Like 
estimated cost of permits and everything to 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 make profit when you're booking these loads. If you don't, you you'll be running for for nothing. You get what I'm saying? It's right. like the pay is not going to add up. Has that ever happened to you? Nah, nah. I definitely. I, I could say sometimes I went like when at the beginning I was going low, but I was still making profit. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like I, I feel like I was making the max profit that I could, and I and that's just a learning curve when you're starting doing it. But now I just when I when I get on the low board, I know what 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 my worth is, and I'm not I'm not entertaining nothing, like. I'm not entertaining nothing under nine dollars a mile. Under nine dollars a mile. Yeah. What low boy you use? I use truck stop and DAT. Okay, so there's no like niche specific like heavy haul load boards. I don't use. I think that that, that they have enough loads on those two low boys. Got you. Yeah, they have enough to, to keep you busy. Already. About typically when you're looking about how many loads usually come up when you're looking for like heavy haul loads in comparison to what you'll see for like dry vans or reefers. Of course, uh, the uh, heavy haul loads. It's less, but compared to like step deck loads, you'll see a couple thousands and you'll see a couple hundreds of heavy haul loads. Okay. So it's a big difference. All right. So it's less to choose from, right? Yeah. So when you when you jump on there, you see those hundred loads pop up. What are you specifically looking for? You said the specs. It does uh, where you're going dollar, make any difference? Dollar per mile. Okay. Yes, definitely. I want to stay away from the mountains. Because going through mountains, these trucks take beans. Okay. They take a bean. So I like to stay away from the mountains. I don't do... Like if it's going through the mountains, it need to pay. It need to pay a lot of money okay. to go through the mountains. <laughs> I'm just being straight up. Like <laughs> right. you gotta pay me a check to go right. through the mountains. <laughs> right. These trucks take a beating going up these mountains. Going, you, you, you're loaded. You ever bit 150,000 pounds, and you're going up a mountain. You hear those pistons just thumping in that truck, man. And it's, and it's it, the truck go through a lot of abuse. Yeah. And for me to avoid that and have longevity with this truck, I just try to avoid the mountains. Stay on a lot of flat land. Got you. So you said you have to know your worth. You said you don't run for anything less than about nine dollars a mile. The lowest I ran was like about nine fifty a mile. Okay. And I don't. I, I I just kept it like that. Do you do you have to do a lot of negotiating when you're? Of course, that's with everything. Okay. Because the broker is not going to give you everything he has. <laughs> That'll be hustling backwards. But right. you know, you have to know what the load is worth. Right. Like, I was in a situation where a broker. I saw a load. I was interested in it. It was going about 300 miles. And the money just wasn't right. And the load sat there the whole week. And then he still didn't move it. At the end of the, at the, end of the day, he ended up calling me. I gave him my price. And I just say, here, you this is my price. Yeah. When you, whenever you find that dollar amount, reach out to me. Yeah, yeah. And then when, when those loads are that low, you know, they don't get moved. Right. What what are the, what are some other things that impact your your costs? Um, I mean, you talk about permits, like fuel. I mean, as as your truck, oh, yeah, I'm sure fuel. it's heavier on fuel, yeah, right? Fuel, fuel, definitely. You going through those mountains? That's another thing with mountains. I mean, you going through those mountains, the fuel could be the, the fuel miles per mile could be horrible. Gotcha. It could be the two to three miles a gallon, right? Depending on how heavy it is, so right? You have to definitely put that in consideration as well. Got you. Going to drink a lot of fuel going through the mountains. Got you. Typically, what are you bringing in a week with with your heavy haul operation? It, it, it depends. Like I had a crazy week where. What's your best week? I, and then we'll talk about your worst week. Yeah, my best week was about uh, I could say. I did a uh, twenty one thousand seven hundred, and that was like three days. It was just like excellent loads. So almost twenty two grand. Yeah, in three, in three days. days. Yeah. Easy. Okay, and what's like your worst week? My worst week was like uh. Probably did two loads for about ten thousand. Okay, got you. So typically, you do about two to three loads a week. Yeah, right? I do about three. I try to do like my my niche is doing short runs for about. I start at like five thousand. Try to do like five thousand minimum a day and do four loads a week. Okay, got you. So what do those loads typically consist of? I noticed. I mean, you're working off the load board, so it's yeah, probably a lot of a different of, things. A ton of cranes, a ton of cranes, a ton of excavators. A ton of bulldog, just a lot of heavy machinery. So take me take me through like a week. Like you, let's say you start on Sunday. You start, start on, on Sunday. I wake up. I will probably deadhead to Jacksonville. Oh, I'm coming straight to Georgia without a load. I'm not even gonna waste my time in Florida. Okay, got you. So you you're gonna you're gonna find a starting point that you know you can find some uh, lucrative load. Lucrative load. Okay, go ahead. I'm listening. So I will get to Jacksonville, or maybe come to. One time I came all the way to Atlanta. Deadhead from Atlanta, six hundred miles. To Atlanta to get a load. Okay. And I was down paying like about 7000 going 300 miles. Okay. So basically, you know, it's a lot. Of it. 
well, where I'm from, I do a lot of deadhead. If I was like living in Georgia, it'd be a different ball. Why game. don't you move? I don't know, man. Florida's <laughs> all I know. Miami's all I know, man. My I mean, just there, just from a business perspective. Yeah, I understand. The yeah. business perspective, I'd love to move here and make a lot a ton of money, but I just can't. Or maybe just leave the truck here and just like take a plane sure. out or something like that. Fly. Yeah. It might save I th- you some I money. I thought about that. You know what I'm saying? The pandemic as well. Yeah. But yeah, that 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 definitely be an option as we go. Okay, so continue the week. So you say you start out, you deadhead, you're in Atlanta I now. To, I, I deadhead maybe to Jacksonville or to to Savannah or sometimes to Atlanta, and I find a load. Okay, and what that load look like typically? A crane, you said. Usually, it'll be a crane or an excavator, and I my niche is doing like uh, anywhere from a hundred to four hundred miles a day. I usually try to get my load there the same day. Okay. So, so where would that be going? Like for example, it'll definitely be staying. I'll stay in the same uh, southeast region. Okay, the Carolinas, or maybe far as Texas, and Texas as far as I go, probably Houston, and I stay Louisiana, Mississippi, the Alabamas, and I'll probably head to like North Carolina. So if you that off. if you start on a Sunday, you're done by what like Tuesday, Monday. Yeah, if I start on a Sunday, I'll Monday night, low Monday, and no no later than. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. It, it depends on how it goes. Okay. Sometimes thing may not go as planned. No, no later than Friday. I'm home. But okay. No, but okay. But the first load, I'm saying, not not. I'm saying oh, the, the first, first load. load I yeah. pick it up and drop the same day. I will pick it up Monday okay. morning because I usually do like 300, 400 mile drop. Pick okay, got gotcha. you. Early, we're gotcha. gonna get that super early. We're gonna pick it up and we're gonna get it to the destination Bef- the same before day. before nighttime. Before six. Before so six. Before five thirty. You know, five five thirty. Everyone's going home. Right. We'll drop it there, and then I'll position myself overnight to pick up the next high-paying load within a two, three hundred mile radius. Got you, got you. Okay, so you shutting down at night, you getting up, taking your ten hours, and then you gonna be somewhere else in the morning. Yeah. By by afternoon, I'm already empty, and I already booked my my previous load. Whether I have to drive two hundred, three hundred miles to get the best-paying load, I do that. Got you to set up for the next morning. Do you have to wait a lot of times at these sites? Is there like the tension, or no, you pretty much get these, things off it's, early, it's, quick? With with uh. With the heavy hauling, it's, 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 the wait time is less. I consider myself like a UPS driver. I'm pulling up, I'm I'm offloading, I'm giving you this to sign, and I'm gone. You're not right. going to waste any time. We're not waiting for uh, to be received or anything because we, we basically do everything. So we don't waste more than 30 minutes. Okay, okay. Got you. All right, so the, your week is pretty much done by when? Thursday night. I, I'm usually home. Okay. Thursday. No by, later than Thursday. By thir- and by that time, you've completed three loads? Yes. Okay, got you. Headed back home. Now, who's doing your, uh, who's running your operation? Who's doing the dispatching for you? Who's finding the loads? So basically, I, I basically dispatch and do everything as well. I'm basically running through the whole business, and by the time next year come, I'm definitely hiring some more drivers, and they definitely sit back and being more hands on with everything else. Okay, Let them basically do the physical work, but I'm prepping them for that time. Right, got like you. The drive I have now. All right, so right right now you have one truck, one one trailer, right? Yeah. So how do you how do you think about in terms of scaling? When when do you know it's ready for you to get more I'm, equipment? I'm ready now, but you know it's just it's just the timing of everything with the pandemic and these truck prices. Yeah. Like I have a trailer right now sitting in Baltimore. It's a hundred forty six thousand dollars stretch trailer, three axle, fifty five ton trailer sitting in Baltimore, but I just can't find a truck right now to go with it. Right. So we just wait. Oh, you purchased a trailer already? Yeah, it's already sitting there waiting for me. Gotcha. In Baltimore. So I'm waiting on that. I'm waiting on a perfect truck to go with it. Mm. Right now, these truck prices, I'm I'm just trying to wait it out, wait through the winter, probably like early January, see if it changes up, and try to get the best deal on a on a perfect truck. Is there ever an issue finding lows, or is there always like just an abundance of lows out there? Usually, with, with heavy haul, they they have their season, but you know, true heavy haulers, they usually do it for about eight months and be off for about four months and do some of the other things. The other four months, or run rarely those other four months. Okay, you're not forced to run because if you do what you have to do those eight months, you can relax the other four months. Really, got you. So is that how your oper- operation is? Yeah, Pretty much so eight right months now, on yeah. and four months off. Yeah, I haven't worked. And what? what and what's that? What's those that time period? Just so we know what so the season like is like. March, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, and then by September, October, you already. You should, you should be. So the winter, pretty much, yeah, like fall, late fall, winter, you're pretty much done. Yes. Take the holidays off. Yeah. Why is it so slow during the winter? Because the snow and then, you know, with, with, when it wants the snow come down in different states, a lot of the construction and building slows down. 
So the machinery is not, the volume is not moving as high. Right. So that really kind of put a damper on it. But it's still, still, still works to be made, money to be made. Got you. Got you. Okay. So you said you think you're ready to start scaling the business yeah, now? Yeah, definitely. We're going to get more trucks and different, give you a different variety of heavy oil. Because what I'm showing you now is just the heavy side. Okay. Now, with the next trailer I have, it's going to take you to the over dimension, mm. the long, the, 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 the over length, the, the high loads, the wide, well, just mainly long loads, basically, stretch, because basically the trailer can stretch up to 50 in the well. So we'll definitely work on that and show people how to get experience on moving uh, over length loads. How does that, how will that change the game for you in terms of like price and everything like that? It'd be a uh, big that, difference? That oversized money, like when you when you get the stretch trailer, it's, it's different. The money is And that's the trailer different. you have sitting now? Yeah, in Baltimore. Okay. Got you. So you ready to move on that yeah, I'm ASAP? Ready. You ready? All right, got you. So now you also started like mentoring people, right? Helping yes. people learn. What what inspired you to do that? And you know, basically once once I got into it, and a lot of people was reaching out to me, like they don't know where to start. That's that's the main thing. They don't know where to start. Heavy hauling is not something that you can get into just right out. You have to work your way. Like start off with like driving. No, not driving. Said driving. Uh, flatbed or like step deck work. That kind of prepare you. A lot of the heavy haul drivers come from that division, so where they get experience in like securing loads. So once they master that, you know, they, they go to the two axle and then they just work their way up. It's just not something that you could just jump straight into. Would you would you uh recommend somebody work for an, another company before they started their own? Definitely. Or? I definitely uh like even with the heavy haul. Recommend, yeah, definitely. Because you could start off. I have a lot of young guys that reached out to me, didn't know where to start. Young guys, twenty two year old. Reach out to me. You know, I guide them basically to start with a company and work their way up. Do flatbed for for a couple of years, maybe like a year, and then work your way to like the step deck level. And from the step deck level, you can work to your your low boy level where you're pulling two axles. And then from there, the sky's the limit, man. Once you get to that level, you you can work your way up to multi-axles. Yeah. Learning how to do the heavy haul. Is there any companies that you like recommend out there that you see like or... Just kind of just go out there and yeah, find something. Uh, basically, I see like TMC, Milton, and ATS. ATS, I think they're they're, they're heavy in the heavy haul industry. Okay. And they've been around for about 50 years, and they have like every level of heavy haul, from like two axles up to 13 axles. Mm. So I done seen those guys out there doing some some, some insane loads <laughs> <laughs> with some insane figures behind that. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a company you could probably definitely – Go there, build and understanding, because you know they're gonna go by the books. Yeah, they're gonna teach you the right way. Yeah, and once you grasp that knowledge, you will do your own thing. Got you. Why do you think that that you know people are you know there's not as many people in this niche as you know what I'm saying like how, like what do you think stops people from getting into heavy haul? It's like with everything in life when you're when you're on the outside looking in, everything look complicated. Like just driving a truck is complicated when you never did it and you and you first get your CDLs. Like you you're looking like how do they do this? Just backing in in a spot between two trucks is that's a real daunting task when you don't have no experience. Right. But it's like with everything else, it's a learning curve. You have to learn it. You have to do repetitions and understanding what you're doing. Once once you get that the butterflies out, the rest is history, man. Mm. You start understanding it and you start you get that first paycheck, you're going to want to learn it. No doubt. That's going to push you right there. No doubt. It's like, what? <laughs> let, let, let's get to it. I, I really stick to the book. Even on my off time, I may, I even got the book with me in the car. So yeah, yeah. When on, on a plane ride back, I may just be going through states that I may go through, just look at the laws, check them out. Yeah. Just to refresh. And, you know, it's just a, it's just every day you're learning, man. In this industry, every day you're learning. That's a every fact. Every day, man. That's a fact. What what is the the I guess three to five year goal for for Aiden? Aiden transportation. Aiden trucking. Aiden trucking. Aiden yeah. trucking. What, 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 why is it, why is a company called Aiden too? By the way, Aiden trucking, man. I, when I was creating the company, my, my wife was pregnant. I thought I was gonna have a boy, so I was gonna name my son Aiden. So that's okay. how I got the name behind Aiden trucking. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah girl. Yeah, I, I congratulations, blessings. Okay, cool, cool. Two girls, but you know, but at least you got your baby Aiden, of course, through the, through the company. Yeah, he's pending still. <laughs> he's still, pending. still pending. That's yeah. what's up. Uh, all right, so where do you where do you see you guys in three to five years, man? What's what's the, what's the picture, years, man? I just definitely want to get out there and build maybe up to ten trucks if possible. Okay, 
build like up to 10 trucks and definitely mentor a lot of people and help people get to that level. Got you. Mentoring. Got you, got you, got you. So that's that's dope. And you still and you still run with your partner too, right? Yes. He's definitely gonna be in the truck once we uh once I get the next truck, he'll be in one truck and I'll put and then work on the next one, get another driver to run with me, train him up, get another truck and just keep that assembly going. Got you. What would you say is the uh the biggest uh misconception with heavy haul, with with pulling heavy haul loads? It they make it seem like it's is it's very difficult. This is I wanna say it's difficult, but it's just a lot of people are afraid of the learning curve, learning something new because they're stuck doing something the same over and over and over. Heavy haul is a lot of aspects. You're you're basically a skilled driver. You're basically doing a lot of hands-on. You're basically touching a lot of freight. Everything you're on and off. You're learning how to drive over a ton of machineries. Like coming out of Miami, Florida, I never drove a, a, a excavator a day in my life. <laughs> or or uh, or or excavator or bulldozer or anything like that. No right. heavy equipment. I have no heavy equipment. Tanks. All that tanks. crazy yeah, stuff. I never drove a tank. Well, you still never go to tank because the military yeah. won't let you. But, but yeah, so you, you're going to be a lot of hands-on. That scares a lot of people. Yeah. Like just putting a excavator on a, on a trailer. You said something earlier about the military loads too. Is that something that's on a load board also? Yeah, military loads are definitely on a load board, but you just have to have the eye for it. Like it, you have to know they, it's key words that they use. They don't tell you this is a military load. Yeah, it, it kind of, but you have to know it's a military. What's some load. of those key? What's some of those terms that those you? Those terms for? are be clean background, or you must be have a clean background. That's the main one, the clean background. Mm. Or you may need a. Uh, sometimes at the port, there are loads. Twit card. Twit card. They ask for a twit card, so those pay a major factor in getting the military load. Okay. You definitely need a twit card and a clean background. Okay. Sometimes, like one time I went to pick up a load and it was in Savannah and the load was coming. I think that the guys was coming over from Morocco and they was transporting the tanks to uh, Fort Stewart in Georgia. So basically we need our tick card just to pick up the load. Mm. So yeah, that's where it comes into play. We pick up the load and from there, take it to Fort Stewart. Got you. What What are the highest paying uh, loads that you've ever done in terms of like moving something? Yeah, it... it uh, when it comes to heavy haul, man, it, every day you'll see a load that surprises you on the load board. Okay. I done seen $10,000 loads. I done ran a $10,000 load before. Okay. I done seen $20,000 loads. I done seen $30,000. I done seen up to $50,000 loads on the load board. I done talked to guys who's hauling a $50,000 load. He was hauling like a transformer. Like you ever seen them? They don't, they, they, they're not the best looking load. But he had like a 13 axle set up and he was hauling a transformer. Mm. Basically, I think it was going down to Florida. And that load's paying like $50,000. Like, that's some insane money for a load. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, my slogan is, it also determines your salary. So, mm. there's no limit in the heavy haul. It depends on the work you put in. Yeah. That's, that's what's going to determine the salary. How much How much money did you make your first year doing heavy haul? <sighs> heavy haul, and I, I can say probably with this run truck, we over half. Half a mil. Half a mil? Yeah. And what do you take home? Take home is probably about... 380. It's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. That's dope, man. That's yeah. dope. All right. Well, listen, we 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 going we going to start wrapping it up. Um I definitely appreciate you coming and just sharing all no this problem. with us and like you said, you know, I just want people to know that you are, you know, doing your mentorships. How do those work by the way? Like Well, well the mentorship basically I'm giving you basically I'm giving you the opportunity to I give you the breakdown on how to get in the entry level of heavy haul and then work your way up. Like what trailer to get? What truck to get? I, I basically tell you all the the books to get to, for you to learn, and I also give you the opportunity to reach out to me anytime once you get in my mentorship program. Okay. And anything that is unclear, sometimes I get on the phone. We I chat with a guy for about an hour, just learning and you know introducing himself and getting into heavy haul. Yeah. So basically, anything that is unclear, that a lot of things are unclear when you on the outside looking in. I just Make clarity for you. Yeah. To make that path easier. How, how do you how do you feel about like the the world of of transportation and like you know the this this Instagram kind of world where like there's a lot of people who like do like mentorships and they teaching people how to do trucking and all that. Like what's your what's your position on that? Like do you? I'm more hands on because every roadblock that they're gonna face, I don't went through it. Mm. I, I I done did it hands on. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. The booking. I do. I do every on this business on the business side. I do everything. So it's not much that I can't answer. I don't went through it. 
every roadblock that's waiting for them, <laughs> I already done hurdled it for them. Right. I went through it so they don't, they don't have to go through it after me. Right. Hove did that. So you yeah. ain't got to go through that. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right. So in true truck and hustle fashion, we got to get the final thought. Um, that's basically, you know, lead a, lead an audience with, you know, something spiritual, business, whatever you want to hit them with. And then we got to let everybody know where they can connect with you, man, and learn more about Aiden, Aiden Trucking and then what you're doing in terms of mentorship and helping out people. So um, let's start with the uh, with the final thought, man. What you want to leave the audience with? Like I said, man, my slogan is your hustle determines your salary, man. You put in the work, you're going to get what you put in. And, you know, nothing is impossible. If you have a dream, you, you want to stick to it. And, you know, you want to put those hours in. A repetition make make perfect. Practice make perfect. Practice make progress. And that's what it's going to take. And as well, I had somebody ask me what, what I want to live forever. I told him, man, I don't think I want to live forever because it wouldn't be no urgency to do what I'm doing now. Mm. You matter if you want to live there forever. It wouldn't be no urgency to do what you're doing because you have tomorrow. You always have tomorrow. Right. But since we live in a world that tomorrow is not promised... Let's get it done today. That's a fact. I love that. And where can people connect with you, man? You reach me on Instagram at wad one hundred wad underscore one hundred. Spell it out for them. W a d underscore one hundred underscore. Okay. And I just also created TikTok. Same thing. W a d underscore one zero zero underscore. Dope, dope, dope. All right, Hustle Fan, man. This has been a dope, um, entertaining, and very educational show. Um, appreciate you, Adrian, for coming through and blessing no us with this info. Definitely make sure make sure y'all connect with Adrian and learn more about this heavy haul thing. I always say the riches are in the niches. And this is a niche that I think that, you know, you guys should definitely look into. Um, that's it, bro. This has been a dope show. Appreciate, appreciate you, you for gracing us, man. No it's been dope. Hustle fam, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Shaman Ramel, and we are out. Take care. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.